Isaiah 59, 19. Father, I just thank you for your power and your anointing upon your word tonight. You are super abundantly above all that we could dare, think, or ask. And we thank you, Father God, for the powerful presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. All we have to do is just yield to you, Holy Spirit. So I yield to you tonight, spirit, soul, and body. And I thank you, God, for supernatural strength for every one of us. God, I pray for those all around the world with these terrorist attacks going on. Father, we are definitely in the last days. You have a plan and a purpose for this hour for this coming year. God, let people realize exactly what's going on, that we make sure that we're in your perfect will. This is the hour, God, where we have got to trust you and rely on you more than ever. And so, Father, I ask you to teach through me tonight. I yield myself to you, spirit, soul, and body. And I thank you, God, that greater are you that's in us than he that's in the world. And I thank you for divine protection around and about us. And that we will have ears to hear and listen to the right spirit and the right voice. And cast every care that comes our way upon you. God, I just ask you to minister healing and wholeness to those that have had surgeries, to those that are going through things right now. I just praise you and thanking you for your goodness and your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Isaiah, what did I say? 59.19 Okay. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun when the enemy shall come in like a flood. The spirit is supposed to be the comma. It should be when the enemy shall come in, comma, like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Thank God. And the Redeemer shall come to Zion and unto them that turn from transgressions in Jacob, saith the Lord. As for me, this is the, my covenant with them, which the Lord, my spirit that is upon thee, and my words which I put, have put in thy mouth, shall not depart out of thy mouth, nor out of the mouth of thy seed nor out of the mouth of the seed seed, saith the Lord from henceforth and forever. Any of you that have children that are, are not fighting, you know, not, they were raised one way and they're doing something else. This is a good scripture to stand on. Don't back off when the enemy tries to tell you that things are, aren't gonna go right and he's a liar. He, will, he is the father of lies. He'll always be a liar. God knows every hair on, on our heads, every hair on their heads. And stand on these scriptures. There's some scriptures that we really need to begin to stand on now when time is so short. So I'm going to read on the Amplified. So as the results of the Messiah's intervention, they shall reverently fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun 
when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him and put him in flight, for he will come like a rushing stream, which the breath of the Lord drives. Hallelujah. We need to pray for this upcoming election. I believe that God desires to have a revival in this country. And the enemy is doing everything right now to prevent that. But God is greater. And we've, we have got to. That need, we need to. Souls have got to be our main desire. Ones that do not know Jesus. Just talk to them and just minister to them. We have a very hurting world out there. Let's look at Exodus 4.12. I might have done this last time. Are these the scriptures I did? You guys have this down in your... I want to do them again. You know, another attack yesterday. They were selling airline tickets to... Maui for so cheap a few weeks ago. It was unbelievable. What did I say? Exodus 4.12. Right? Yeah. Now for there, therefore go and I will be with your mouth and will teach you what you shall say. And he said, Oh my Lord, I pray you send by the hand of some other whom you will send. <laughs> this is Moses. God, help me. I mean, when you look, when you re really look at this, I, let's go, I want to go to just at the beginning because this is, talks about Moses' return to, to Egypt in Exodus chapter 4. And he knew everything that he'd done in Egypt. He'd known that he murdered someone. He knew everything that was going on, you know, and, and he stuttered. And so let's look at verse 18 of... Now, I want, I start, want to start at verse 1. I'm so sorry. Sometimes I get the Amplified when they're next to each other. It's like, I'm going to do the Amplified. And Moses answered, but behold, they will not believe me or listen to, or obey my voice. For they will say, The Lord has not appeared to you. And the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? And he said, A rod. And he said, Cast it on the ground. And he did so, and it became a serpent, the symbol of royal and divine power, worn on the crown of the pharaohs. And Moses fled from before it. Now you got to remember he was raised in Pharaoh's home so he knew all about what the symbol meant. And here, here he has God speaking to him and all of a sudden a serpent. And so it's like Moses fleed from before it and the Lord said to Moses put forth your hand and take it by the tail. I don't like serpents and you know I cannot imagine myself, you know, God telling me to grab a serpent by the tail, but <laughs> God tells you to do something, you're going to do it. Or you're going to end up in a, <laughs> in a fish or whatever. So, and he said, cast it on the ground. And he did to it, and it became a serpent, the symbol of royal divine power, worn on the crown of the pharaohs. And Moses fled from before, and the Lord said to Moses, Put forth your hand and take it by the tail. And he stretched out his hand and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand. This you shall do, said the Lord, that the elders may believe that the Lord thy God of their fathers, of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, has indeed appeared to you. The Lord has said to him, Put your hand into your bosom, he put his hand into his bosom, and when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous, as white as snow. Now, I want you to really kind of just, don't close your eyes, but think about this whole scenario here. I mean, this would freak most people out. 
first you have to grab a snake and then you have to and then you put your hand in and it becomes leprous I mean <laughs> I can't imagine it but praise God as white as snow God said put your hand into your bosom again so he put his hand back into his bosom and when he took it out behold it was restored and the at, as the rest of his flesh. So here he, he puts his hand in his bosom. He pulls it out. It's leprous. Then he takes, God says, put it back in there. He puts it in there. And he had to really walk by faith in this because I can think, you know, human thinking would think, what's going to happen next when I put my hand in there? I mean, we are human and we think these thoughts at times, Okay. Put your hand into your bosom, and his hand is in his bosom. When it took it out, the oldest hand was leprous and white as snow. God said, put it back into your bosom again. So he put his hand back into his bosom, and when he took it out, behold, it was restored as a flesh. Then God said, if you will not believe, if they will not believe you, or heed the voice or the testimony of the first sign, they may believe the voice of the witness of the second sign but it if they will also not believe these two signs or heed your voice you shall take some water of the river Nile and pour it upon the dry land and the water will the water which you take out of the river Nile shall become blood on the dry land and Moses said to the Lord O Lord I am not eloquent as a man of words, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, for I am slow of speech and have a heavy and awkward tongue. I mean, here's, here's someone that stutters. He does not, he feels like he's not eloquent. He, he really is thinking, I don't really want to go back to Egypt. I left that place and I don't want to go back there. And then these things take place. And God's saying to him, And the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Or who made, makes the dumb and the deaf, or the seen or the blind? It is not I, the Lord. It, is it not I, the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth, and will teach you what you shall say. Now we need to really think about this. God has so graciously given us the Old Testament and the New Testament to teach us what to say. That's so powerful. And we know what he's asking us to speak is his word. Praise God, because Jesus has already paid the price. He just wants us to be obedient and speak his word and do what he asks us to do. When he asks, immediately, when he asks you to do it. And so we go on and, and <laughs> this is wild when you think about this <coughs> now therefore go and I will be with your mouth and will teach you what you shall say and he said oh my lord you send by the hand of some other whom you will will send then the anger of the lord blazed against Moses and he said is there not Aaron your brother the Levite I know he can speak well also, he is coming out to meet you, and when he sees you, he will be overjoyed. You must speak to him and put the words in his mouth, and I will be with your mouth and with his mouth, and I will teach you what you shall do. He shall speak for me to the people, acting as a mouthpiece for you, and you shall be as God to him. And you shall take this rod in your hand in which you shall work the signs that prove I sent you. And Moses went away and returning to Jethro, his father-in-law said to him, Let me go back, I pray you, to my relatives in Egypt and see whether they are still alive. And Jethro said to Moses, Go in peace. The Lord said to Moses in Midian, Go back to Egypt and all the men who were seeking your life, 
for killing the Egyptian are dead. Praise God. That's the one thing he was fearing. Those that were around at that time might still be around and recognize him. Moses took his wife and his sons and sent them on donkeys, and he returned to the land of Egypt, and Moses took the rod of God in his hand. And the Lord said to Moses, When you return into Egypt, see that you do before Pharaoh all these, those miracles and wonders which I have put in your hand, but I will make them stubborn and harden his heart so that he will not let the people go. That's a wonderful thing to hear. First he tells them to go do these things and then he tells them I am going to make his heart stubborn so that he will not let the people go and you shall say to Pharaoh thus says the Lord Israel is my son even my firstborn and I say to you let my son go that he may serve me and if you refuse to let him go, behold, I will slay your son, your firstborn. And so we see all these things that go on. We know that Moses did the miracles. We know that the, the sorcerers and things did the, did the miracles. And it goes on and on. And Pharaoh's heart is hardened and the people get upset with Moses. First, they're all excited and joyful. And so the scripture we want to look at is verse 12. Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth, and will teach you what you shall say. We have such power in our tongue that it's, it's amazing. And it's, you know, in the times that we live, there's so many voices going on, and so many emotions that are out there, and so many things that are trying to attack you continually. We've got to know the Word. We've got to know what the Word says. We've got to know that we are in the Spirit in his spirit, led by his spirit, and doing the perfect will of God at the every every moment of our life. And there are so many people out there that are so oppressed and depressed. I'm talking Christians. The world is, is of the devil. I'm talking Christians that they have no desire or no they, they have they have no understanding how important the word is none you talk to them and they have they, they have no understanding they want to hear but they're not hearing the word of God they're not being taught that you take the word of God and it is my power in your mouth when you speak it so let's go on and look at Proverbs 6 2 I mean, I like to go, I like to read the Old Testament. You know, when we're going through things, sometimes we think we are the only person in the whole world that's going through something. I think we've all felt like that before. God knows everything that's going on, and He's taking us through these areas so we can become stronger in him and trust in him instead of ourselves. Amen. Proverbs 6 2. What did I say? Proverbs 6 2. We all know this one, or I hope we do. You are snared with the words of your lips. You are caught by the speech of your mouth. Now, do this now at once and earnestly, my son, and deliver yourself when you have put yourself into the power of your neighbor. Go, bestir, and humble yourself, and beg your neighbors to pay his debt, and thereby release you. If you read this, it's really interesting. Um, well, I'm going to go on first, first, verse 1. My son, if you have become security for your neighbor, if you have given your pledge for a stranger or another, you are snared with the words of your lips. You are caught by the speech of your lips. Do this now at once and earnestly, my son, and deprive yourself when you have put yourself into the power of your neighbor. Be stern, and humble yourself and beg your neighbor to pay his debt and thereby release you. 
This is where he's saying, don't become a cosigner for someone else. My kids all knew, don't ever ask me to cosign for you because I'm not. I had two of them try it and it didn't work. Okay, so let's go ahead and go down to Isaiah 65, 24. And it should be that before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. Where, when they call, before they call, I will answer. When you have the word of God in your mouth, God's giving you the desires of your heart, and he already has that answer before you call. But we've got to speak it out. It's very important, and so many times we forget that. Jesus said, you have not because you ask not. We need to understand that we are not set up for failure because we're born-again believers. We're covered by the blood. We are set up for God's prosperity, for his very best continually. And I'm just not talking financial prosperity. I'm talking about everything there is, the abundant life. No matter what we seem to think that's going to be out there, we're, we, can go, we can get through it. Praise God. So let's look at Luke 6.38. We can all say we've heard these and recently we've heard these, but are we acting on them? It says to be not just a hearer of the word, but a doer also. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. For whatever, with the same measure that you meet with, it shall be measured to you again. That is powerful. With the measure that you meet, it will, with, with whatever you give, it will be measured to you again. That is so powerful when you think about this. I like the way he says it. Will they pour into the pouch formed by the bosom of your robe and used as a bag? For, what, for with the measure you deal, out with the measure you use, when you confer benefits on others, I will be measured back to you. It will be measured back to you. Thank God. Psalms 1, 1 to 3. I know we've, like I said, I know we've heard these, but we've got to get these down deep, 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 deep in our spirit. Blessed, happy, and fortunate is the man. Prosperous and enviable is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, following their advice, their plans, and purposes, nor stands submissive and inactive in the path where sinners walk, nor sits down to relax and rest where the scornful and the mockers gather. But his delight and desire are in the law of the Lord and in his word, the precepts and instructions, the teachings of God. He habitually meditates, ponders, and studies by day and by night. So he's telling us in the precepts, the instructions, the teaching of God, he habitually meditates, ponders, and studies by day and by night. The best thing we can, we can do is, when we have free time, is just kick back, close our eyes, and begin to just ponder on the word. God, you know, he says, his thoughts towards us are more than all the sand. He has so many thoughts towards us that he wants to share with us. We've got to give him the time to do it. Philippians 
let's go to verse 13. I have strength for all things in Christ, the word who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Let's look at this a minute. I have strength for all things in Christ. In the beginning was the word, was word was with God and the word was God. Who empowers me. I am ready for anything. In your mind, your mind will try to say, you're not ready for this. You're never going to be ready for this. But that's not what this word says. I am ready for anything. And equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. You know, I had um, let down my, my guard in some areas. Uh, you know, when you go through hurt things, you have a tendency, you can either build up yourself. I don't like telling stuff about myself, but you can either build yourself up or let down your guard. And grief is a horrible thing. It's a hideous thing. And we have to keep ourselves built up in the word, in Christ's in Christ sufficiency. But it was right and commendable and noble of you to contribute to my needs and to share my difficulties with me. And then he goes on and talks about giving. He's, and I like what he says in verse 17. Not that I seek or am eager for your, for your gift, but I do seek and am eager for the fruit which increases to your credit, the harvest of blessings that is accumulating to your account. Can you imagine the harvest of blessings that are, I love the word, accumulating to your account? When you think of, you know, interest at the bank is nothing right now. Not, nada. But as we give in God's kingdom, his interest, his giving is a hundredfold. When you think about that. So he is... It's so powerful when you think about it. He is giving continually as we give. Every time we give, He is adding to our account super abundantly, but more we could even ask or think. And He says in verse 19, And my God will liberally supply, fill to the full, your every need according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. According to His riches and glory of Christ Jesus. He will supply it. So whenever I find myself in a situation where, well, we have a, right now we're dealing with a $6,000 dental bill that's coming up for the work that I'm doing on my teeth. So the best thing to do is sew. The best thing is to sew out there. So God has seed out there that he can use and bring back. Do y'all understand that? I think if you guys don't, there's something wrong here. Way wrong. I know each of you have heard these scriptures over and over. In Psalms 118.24, This is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Sometimes we get up in the morning and stuff happens and you, you know, you're, you're, mind, will, emotion, your soul wants to switch over and ask what on earth is going on and I do not feel like rejoicing at all. Especially when you're trying to rush to church to get there to, to do prayer on Wednesday nights and every light turns red and you're trying to rush and it, the harder you rush it seems like the slower it goes. But God knows how to get you there on time. I don't know how he did it tonight, but supernaturally he did it. John 8, 32. This is on strength. 
I'm giving it to you because this is what I need. Verse 29, he who sent me is ever with my father, with, as ever with me, my father has not left me alone, and I will always do what pleases him. And as he said these things, many <coughs> believed in him, trusted, relied on him, and adhered to him. So Jesus said to those Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, hold fast to my teachings, and live in accordance with them, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, let's look at this in the opposite. If you do not abide in his word, I know we all do because we we're here on Wednesday nights. You know, you just don't come to church on Wednesday night just to be putting in your time. Those that are really hungry for the word and desire to do the things of God are in church on Wednesday nights. They're hungry. They want everything he has. They're going to do everything they can because they love him. Like was said Sunday morning, not out of duty, but out of love. Out of love. I love, I love to, you know, the Bible talks about loving to be, us loving the house of the Lord and how important his home is and how important his house is. And so here's Jesus. And you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. Don't get me wrong. I'm not talking if, if you're not in church on Wednesday night, but those are, that are sitting here hearing this, like I said, Sunday morning or not, week ago every time you hear the word faith is coming at you faith is there and your spirit and your soul just sucks it up that's why it's important we clear our mind before we hear the word pray ask God God I want to get everything that you have for me this night and this word I don't want anything stolen praise God Romans 8, 11. You've all studied your Bible this week. I'm going to ask you where you've been studying and what you've been getting out of it in a minute. So you might want to start looking it up. If the same spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised up Christ Jesus from the dead will also restore to life your mortal, short-lived, perishable bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Hallelujah. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. What a promise. What a promise. Okay, Whitney, where have you been in your body? Pardon? Okay, how about you, John? Oh, judges. I love judges. Are you to Deborah yet? Or did you just... Yeah, you read Deborah? About Deborah? I love, I love Deborah. And what did you get out of it? She was a gutsy woman. <laughs> just like the Christians. A lot of Christians, they just same thing round and round and round and round and round. But we can stop that thing. Didn't you love Deborah's strength? He doesn't, he doesn't want to go up there unless she goes with him. And she's, I can just imagine her. Are you kidding me? I have to go and hold your hand to go do this thing? That's very, that's good. Honey, what are you doing? What are you studying? 
And what are you getting out of Samuel? David taken up with the Philistines. <laughs> he what? Taking up with the Philistines. Saul had been chasing him down, so he took up with the Philistines. And what happened? All sorts of things happened. So what did you? What? Ready to, to fight Israel, and they said, "We don't want David." Can you down. hear him? We don't want him around because if he turns, we'll have to fight in two fronts. So send him away. I love the Old Testament. Okay, Christine. I've been, I'm, I myself am in Hebrews right now, and I just got done with Hebrews. Well, I'm, now I'm in James. I just got done with Hebrews, and you know, I, I love, Hebrews chapter 12 is one of my favorite chapters because it talks about, you know, let God correct you, let him deal with you. Okay, Dan. Perfect timing. Mike? I've been kind of all over the place. But you know, I've been, been studying it really about the power of our words. You know, uh, man, you know, ah, and that caught me an arm and a leg. You know, or, you know, I'm sick and tired of that. And then you think. And what we do is we train our spirits not to believe what we say. <laughs> Our spirit don't know when you're telling them. You've got to control your tongue and, and watch every word you say because that's what you, the, the words, what you speak is what you're going to get. Either and, way. And, and when your spirit don't know what you really mean, then you better learn how to control the word that you speak because then it will know when you mean something, when you say something, you mean what you say. But if your spirit is confused about it, because your mouth doesn't speak right, then it doesn't come to pass that your spirit won't respond because it's trained to not believe the word that you say. So you're nullifying it. So anyway. Yeah, so when you speak the wrong thing, you're nullifying the things that you've said. Yeah, well, your spirit is, is, is if you, our, our spirit is like a bag full of words, okay? Those words better be God's words because if it's not, then our spirit, you don't know whether, where you're coming from. You want to come up here and teach a little bit? I would. I'm serious. I would like you to come up and share a little bit. I'm really, I think you, no, I think you have a lot to say. What do you think? I think he's got a lot to say. What else have you learned? Yep. Or if you say the right thing, your spirit's trained to not believe what you say because you're saying so many negative things. So, you know. we're, in, we're in such a negative world. I know there's a gal on my Facebook page and she said, I was so entrenched in this election, and she really was. She's a Trump supporter. And um, she said, watching the news so much was really getting to me. And she said, I had to completely turn it off and watch it just went maybe one program or whatever because she said I was literally starting to become oppressed or well that wasn't the word but in other words starting to get down starting to become negative starting to do all these things because of what I was listening to and then speaking it forth and she said now that I have stopped this stopped it she said I, I literally feel the, feel the freedom on me now it was amazing what she said and it's true. Okay, Paul. Pardon? Okay. How about you, Heather? Um, I'm also in, uh, Samuel. Who else is in Samuel? Okay. Okay. 
you ever wonder what in the world? about what John said, why did they just keep doing this over and over? But we do the same thing. Did I get here? Holly. I can do all things through. Yep. Praise God. <laughs> Praise you, Jesus. Okay. Malachi 4 2. Yep. We always do Malachi 3, and, and we don't, you know, we kind of. I've been on, a lot on confession, too, because I thought, oh, God, you really need to get yourself. Come on, Malachi, let's get you out here. Okay, honey, was he a major or a minor prophet? Pardon? No, is he a minor or major prophet? Minor. Huh? Minor. Because he's in the three M's? Right. In in when we were at Raymond, we had to learn who the minor prophets are. This guy's class was so boring, I'm not kidding you. And he was the longest teacher at Raymond. And we actually had him for dinner. Really neat man, but I, his class was just. And um, forgive me, Lord, because Cooper Bailey. But we had to learn who are the minor and who are the major prophets. I can't tell you right now who the minor and the major are. Okay, what did I say? Malachi 4.2. <laughs> but unto you who revere and worshipfully fear my name, Shall the Son of Righteousness arise in healing in his wings and his beams, and you shall go forth and gamble like calves. That must be run. Release from the stall and leap for joy. And you shall tread down the lawless and the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I do that I shall do this, says the Lord of hosts. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just waiting. God is getting ready to do something big. I don't know if you can feel it, but I can feel it in our country. We sure don't want Jezebel in this office. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> oh, 2 Timothy 5, 8. So, honey, are you reading through the Bible this year? That's why you're in Samuel. It's hilarious. If you ever walked in our house, it looks like a two-year-old lives there now. What did I say? First Timothy, what? Four eight. Pardon. I mean, first Timothy, let's get the five. Five eight. If anyone prevails, I don't think this is the right one. I think we went to the wrong one. Let me see if it was for it. Four eight. For bodily exercise profit is little. But godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of life that now is, and of that of that which is to come. For physical training or training <laughs> is of some value useful for a little, but godliness, spiritual training, is useful and value of value in everything and in every way, for it holds promise for the present life and also for the life which is to come. 
Listen to what he's saying here. He's saying not just for this life, but for the life to come. I mean, it's powerful. Everything for physical to, well, let's forget that part. Um, we go out in the pool and we're going to go water walking in the pool and pastor plasters himself to the heater. And like the other day I said, would you please get away from the heater because you're hogging all the heat. <laughs> it was cold out that day and I, we, I had him turn the heater up and I'm like, you're hogging the heat. Well, it's coming around me. No, it's not. <laughs> okay. So, physical training has some value useful for a little. Oh, yeah, okay. But godliness, spiritual training is useful and of value in everything and in every way, for it holds promise for the present life and also for the life which is to come. Holds promise for the life to come. I really believe what we learn down here, we're going to be using it in heaven also, but when we, what we learn down here, we're going to be rulers over many, which you know you're going to be rulers over. I mean, I don't want to have, be a ruler over one person. <laughs> I mean, you're, when we come back with Jesus, we're going to find out who really, not only when we get to heaven and have the marriage feast and everything, but when we come back, we're going to find out who didn't. I'm going to tell you, there are going to be people that pray and fast and people that study the word and confess the word that have huge, you know, huge groups of people to be over. Praise the Lord. So I'm going to give us some things we can do. How's that? And we're going to take five minutes. Okay. Here's some things we can do. You can, in, in Psalms 37, 4, the Bible says, Delight thyself in the Lord, and you can have, and he shall give thee to the desires of your heart. You can have the desires of your heart. All you have to do is delight yourself in him. What are the desires of your heart? Do you have a list and check it off? I mean, get a, get a list and check them off as they come to pass and then add to it. This is a good one, John 13, 34. You can love others. Love one another as I have loved you. Just as Jesus manifested his love for us so we can show his love to others, for his love is shed abroad in our hearts. Let's look at Romans 5, 5. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. You know, really, the easiest thing that we should be able to do as believers, spirit-filled believers, is walk in love. Do you, do you, do you want to tell? The other day I was thinking about something, and... I was just thinking about it. I shouldn't have been thinking about it. And um, I know the Lord put this, would you have liked to have been in the, in the covered wagon days? And I was like, I was in the bathroom, and I was like, uh, no, I'm really glad I was born in this, in this time and this hour. Or I, I would have begged, if Pastor wanted to move to the west, I would have begged him to stay in the east. <laughs> that I can't even think of that kind of life. Um, let's look at Acts one eight, and then we're going to close. You can witness in power. You can, like Mike said. I really like what you all said, Mike. What you said is the truth. If we stay in the confession of our word, and I, I, you know. I'm going to say, 
confess to you that that's I need to really work on that myself. I guess that's why I'm teaching on this right now. Acts 1.8. But you shall receive power, ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses in Jerusalem. Jerusalem. <laughs> Sound like Moses. In Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, thank you. And all Judea and Samaria and all and to the ends of the earth, the very bounds of the earth. Hallelujah. And when he now think of this, this is the last thing Jesus told them. I think, that, I think sometimes we don't really think about this scripture, but here he is, getting ready to go. But you shall receive power, ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends, the very bounds of the earth. And when he had said this, even as they were looking at him, he was caught up and a cloud received and carried him away out of their sight. You know, that's just how we're going to be. We might be standing there talking to someone and whoop, we're out of there. Can you imagine? I pray to God they're saved. That'd be a horrible thing. Where'd they go? And when he said this, even as they were looking at him, he was caught up in a cloud received and carried him away out of their sight. And while they were gazing intently into heaven as he went, behold, two men dressed in white robes suddenly stood beside them, who said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing into heaven? The same Jesus who was caught away and lifted up from among you into the heavens will return in just the same way in which you saw him go into heaven. So how's he going to return? the clouds I could just imagine them standing there staring up into heaven after seeing this these were Jesus last words to them you'll receive power and then he's just taken out I can just imagine what they were thinking thank God for angels they're all around us all the time. Okay. If you have um, tithes and offerings, is the bucket back there? We don't have a